All right, here we are. Here we are. I go by the name of Jabari. This is the Words with Friends podcast. Stay ready so you never have to get ready. You guys know that's the motto. And right now I'm here with my girl, Hollis. Woo! A.K.A. Wong Weezy. Hey, What's good? <laughs> I'm good. I'm, I've been in L.A. for the last 10 days and soaking up both sun and clouds. And I'm heading back to Seattle tonight. Um, and it's been quite the journey. Yes, yes, it has here. been. Um, for those that don't know, Hollis is a Renaissance woman of oh. many talents. Takes a Renaissance person to know a Renaissance <laughs> person to buy. Um, man, you. Well, first of all, let's talk about. No, no, no. We're gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna explain what you do okay. first because I, I want to talk about how you and I met. But okay. first, I yeah, want to talk about. First, I want to let these people know what you do. So cool. explain to everybody your profession nice. and everything that you do in life. And it doesn't even have to be just your profession, just what you like cool. to do, what you like to eat. Yeah, <laughs> I love to eat noodles, and it, it defines essentially every aspect of my life. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, at this point, I, you know, I do feel like I am moving towards being, or I really am <laughs> emerging as, like, a professional creative. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that takes many different forms, Um I come from like a background uh, artistically in kind of theater and spoken word poetry um, and then spoken word poetry as a teenager took me to rap and so I was in a hip-hop group for a while with my girl Mad Lions, we were called Canary Sing um, and then like about four years ago I started uh, approaching something that had always really terrified me but songwriting because I knew that I loved to sing and I knew that I love to perform and I was always kind of like afraid of the format because um, I don't know something about how, how concise you have to be with that but I think that I've been really honing over the last three years working on being um, the best songwriter that I possibly can so to that end I'm in a band called the Flavor Blue we're from Seattle um, we're like a super fun synth pop group you saw us perform at South by yeah. we're you know, we've been working really hard, and I, I think, you know, I'm a, I'm a performer and I'm a writer, um, but I also really thrive um, in kind of those back end, it like, you know, behind the scenes capacities. So um, with the Flavor Blue, I've been really proud of the way that collectively we've been able to grow our band and our production and just um, learning more about what it means. And I want to talk to you about this more, but just like, you know, like, when you are creative and you have endeavors, understanding them as entrepreneurial endeavors, understanding them as like business as well as something that's like an artistic expression. So um, anyway, but basically I'm a vocalist, I'm a singer, I'm a songwriter, I am a creative producer. I've produced about like 11 music videos and um, I'm just kind of also just figuring it out. Yeah, as we all are. I think that's, yeah, that's what I do. So, loaded, loaded, loaded uh, sort of career you have. Um, and when I first met you, I met you in the music video producer capacity. Right. Um, that was almost creeping up on two years ago when I came out to Seattle to shoot uh, the Macklemore Jabari Presents documentary, which is now just... It's just like such a such a monumental pivotal point in my career and a lot of people's careers. In all of our careers, um, that you know, being the only camera on uh, the only behind the scenes camera on the set of Thrift Shop, just an incredible experience. Absolutely. And that story that I was able to just tell a little piece of a little small sliver of, right. 
gave people a little bit of insight on, you know, the, the, the independent sort of structure that Ben and Ryan have created and, and, and still are sort of living through to this day. Um, let's just rewind and just talk a little <laughs> bit about that, man, and just like that experience uh, being on the set of Thrift Shop because for me, I don't know about for you, but yeah. for me it was like I literally hit up Macklemore and was like, hey, man, I'm doing this documentary series. I want you to be a part of it. And he was like, all right, well, you can either come to uh, Lollapalooza and shoot it there or you can come to Seattle and shoot it there. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to shoot it in Lollapalooza, man. I'm going to go like to the hometown and see Definitely. see what's going on there. And uh, when he played me the song, I, I, I didn't, I wasn't like, I didn't think that there was going to be a big hit or sure. a smash or anything yeah. like that. I was just like, this song is cool. What, what the song I really, really liked was <clears throat> the song that you're on, actually. Uh, <laughs> White Walls. I was like, yo, this is the smash, hey. man. Like, this is the one. And it's been hip hop people's favorite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was just, it was just wild to see like what happened from that. So take me back to that experience. How did Man. you even get involved right. as the producer of the video? Um, so and, and yeah. Okay, so kind of like going back, yeah. So obviously, I, I failed to mention that in my my rambly bio but, or introduction, but um, I knew I met Macklemore, I met Ben. Um, just through being in the scene when I was rapping. So, like, because me and my homegirl were, like, young rappers, it was pretty easy for us to meet basically everybody because people mm -hmm. were just like, what is happening here? Who are you? Um, and, I mean, the scene in Seattle is just, like, it's like that. Like, you need you need people. It takes a village, you know? So, um, we... Everybody kind of knew each other. I saw Ben. I was, a, I was a fan of his. I listened to his first album that came out in 2005, and that really, like you know, inform the way that I understood Seattle hip hop. Mm -hmm. um, and like, I was, you know, I've been explaining this to my homie the other day, but it's like, Ben has always had a buzz. Like even yeah. when, you know what I mean? Like yeah. always, like and when I moved to Seattle, it's like he's net, even when he kind of dipped out for a little bit. And like, I mean, that, that story is completely told, but like, you know, he, he's always had an energy. Um, and so I started collaborating with him on the Wings music video. So Zia Mohar Jospi, the guy who directed that, had already also directed his video of Town. And was like, Hollis, do you want to help me produce this video? And I'm like, I don't even know what that means, but I'm down. Like, let's make it happen. And that experience was basically me, Ben, Ryan, and Zia, the four of us, making a video over like eight and a half months. It was such a long process. I mean, that video is incredible. If like that, that was not the first video I saw from him, but that was the first video where I was just like, damn, this guy's making movies. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was real movies, you know? And, yeah. like, and that process was so interesting. And, like, it was both organic and also, like, really challenging as hell. And we would all say it, you know? And it's, like, because this Zia's had a vision for his, for Ben's acapella. It wasn't even a song. Wings was not mm. even a song. It was just, like, an acapella that Ben had spit at an event. And Zia had a vision of a film in his head. And he was, like, I want to bring this to life. But, mm. like, doing it kind of that opposite way. So, essentially, like... Macklemore and Ryan Lewis created a soundtrack for the film Wings yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's like don't let Ryan Lewis like you know he's not about to just like spit out a beat and be like it's cool like it took him like four I think he had like 350 tracks in Pro Tools like you know for the song itself because he's like yeah. oh I'm about to score this so it was yeah. like symphonic essentially you know and then you know it's, then they're like we want a children's choir and yeah, they're like oh god and then, and then I'm sitting down. there with Ben and like I it might have been like it's definitely within the first 
three hooks I've ever written in my life was the hook for Wings because we mm. needed to write a chorus for the kids and then I was the person who worked with youth so I taught the kids I found the kids and I taught the kids and we like I don't know it was an amazing experience because it was so trial and error based um, and it was so challenging but I think when you work with people under in, like those kind of intense situations there's a bond that happens that, mm. that it either can fall apart completely or it can gel you in a way that like you know, when, when you're, you're attacking a creative challenge like that, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, I kind of got jumped into this process through Zia and working with Ben and Ryan just really like gelled our ability to work with each other despite challenges and despite setbacks and what have you. And so I, and I had told them, you know, I didn't, again, like Ben and Ryan, they've always had a buzz and to me, they've always had a really perceptible energy that I've always wanted to be a part of. And I've, you know, like I was just like, anything you, you want. Like, I'm producing, you know, I'll write a hook. I will work with you. I will perform with you. I'll do whatever. Like, I know I'm compelled by them because I know that it can bring, I know it can make me a better doer and a better artist and a better, like, thinker yeah. and more knowledgeable and stuff. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, the heist was happening. Like, when Thrift Shop was being shot, like, I don't know if you remember, but it's like, Ryan wasn't there <laughs> For yeah, a lot yeah, of it, yeah, yeah, he because he was in the studio finishing the heist, because it had to be done in a week. Yeah. And like, I there's this one memory that I always will have of Ben, where we're at Value Village, and Ben is like sitting on the floor of the packing room or like the sorting spot, like where they sort the thrift clothes, like at like the the donation center mm -hmm. at Value Village. He's sitting on his laptop doing like in Photoshop making the art yeah. for gold for the deluxe version yeah, like this yeah. guy and I'm like what are you doing and he's doing this crazy thing he's like well we have to get all the art done so it's like it was such a hustle to get the heist done and, and him and I had been working on songwriting which is how you know White Walls came out and we were workshopping a bunch of his songs like we workshop we he was like you know reading me Same Love and we were getting that connected and what have you and you know, he was telling me, he was really straight. He was like, oh, dude, Hollis, can you help me with casting with, with Thrift Shop? I have a question. Like, can you call the homies? And then mm -hmm. the more he kept talking about the logistics of it and the, and everything else he had to do, I just kind of, like, stopped him. And I was like, can I just help you? Can I just produce this video for you? Like, I don't really, the way that you're talking to me, like, the your capacity to do this all right now seems, like, really minimal. And he was just like, okay, let's talk about it. So me and his manager, Zach, and... Then we all just like walked to the tie spot by my house and like sat down and we're like, okay, we're about to do this. And I'm like, okay, it's on. Like yeah. I'm making this happen. First job is happening. Five days. We had no treatment. We were just like, you know, we had visions. So they were like, we want the video to start from people coming out of a storefront. And I was like, all right. And then the, the idea was that the people were just going to like stream through the streets, which mm -hmm. like didn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, locking it in. And like, I think something that's always like made that happen was like, you know, being connected to the community that we're filming in. So Wings was a, bunch, a lot of that, like being connected to the youth groups that we worked with or the yeah. sites. And then at, for, thr for Thrift Shop, it was really like connecting with Value Village and being like, this is a partnership, connecting with Goodwill and like really talking them into letting us shoot in the place that we wanted to shoot and being like, this is a partnership, you know? Mm -hmm. And it has been. Like Goodwill and Macklemore, you know, the entity of Macklemore have re remained like connected and in partnership together. And they, yeah. you know, so it's like, it, it really like, it's authentic. It's not just like, I've seen pictures of him in certain Goodwills. Yeah. yeah, and like Goodwill Seattle, like they they donate like product and stuff like that. You know, mm -hmm. so it's 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 creating meaningful connections, which is why I you know that's why I'm motivated. Like, yeah. and that's how I kind of feel about my relationship with them is that like I feel like I had made a meaningful connection to that community. Um, so anyway, yeah. So thrift shop shit. Met Wands that day at the club. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> shout, out, shout out to the homie. Wands. 
Um, but yeah, uh, and it was great to have you there. I was so like harried and frazzled and running around trying to get people and videos are always hella delayed and all yeah. of my homies that came as extras are like, I've been here for three and a half hours. Like <laughs> what the hell bro? And you know, I think I really loved doing that project, not even just because of what it became, but just like, I love looking at the video because it is so fun. It is like such a fun video. And yeah. you know, and I, yeah, uh, like Ben, even when he sent me the draft, he was like, yeah, it's not gonna, it's not like, it's not all that. Like, it's not like a life changing video, but it's cool. It'll like, it'll do, you know, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> and I watch it and it's such a, just a portrait of the energy. You know, I think it shows Seattle and it's like really quirky, really fun, like very creative light. And I mean, it's not just because the homies are in it and it's not just because the places that define like our understanding of our city are in it. But I think that there really is an energy throughout it. And that obviously that energy became the momentum that got them where they are. So Yeah, it's it's yeah, just looking back at the video, it's just like that the video it's one of those videos where you're like, if you had a chance to be there, you would want to be there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's one of those where you watch it and you're like, so many of my friends are like, damn, how was it? Was it really like that? Or like was it fun? It just it's it was just like a big random party it was like a random party in thrift stores yeah you know it was it was a random party yeah. for 45 seconds and then you waited for yeah, like then, 15 <laughs> yeah. minutes and then for another 45 seconds it was it was a random party mm -hmm. but yeah i mean just each of the shots that we got going into it that defined what it was i mean it is a new perspective you know and to think that they didn't really do it it's not like at minute 130 like macklemore will walk with sunglasses yeah. <laughs> in a vest like you know he was doing his own styling for that and that was so much of his focus for that video was like because Thrift Shop really is a statement on who he is, like, yeah, as yeah, a style sure. maven. I don't know. Yeah. What <laughs> who is that? A thrift ben? maven? A thrift uh, yeah. maven. He's, you know, and, like, he, that, he's so particular about it. And I think that your documentary captured it super well, is that, like, he's a particular-ass dude. And, like, that's yeah. so much of the reason why both, and Ben, or and Brian even more so. So it's like, yeah. you know, they're going to, and it's, it's quirky. It's a, it's a completely refreshing, different perspective. And so that was really the, that was the, really the signaling. What uh, let's let's talk about a little bit about you sort of coming from the Bay and then going to Seattle. Yeah. Because uh, at what age did you move to Seattle? I moved to Seattle when I was eighteen. So okay. I moved for college. I went. I got a scholarship for a college up in Seattle, and yeah. so I was thinking about going back east. But um, I really, I kind of already knew. I was like, Seattle has that energy. It has that vibe that I'm trying to get down with. Yeah. Um, how how did you know how did you know that from the bay just from going there or yeah I visited during like the scholarship process I went up there with my mom and we like went to the school and it was on Capitol Hill so it's like mm -hmm. in the mix right and yeah. I could feel like I was like the notion about because I was I was thinking about going to a couple of colleges up in the East Coast that were really amazing schools but like remote as hell like mm. out in the middle of nowhere and I would I visited a couple of them and I just felt like mad lonely like I'd be there being like <laughs> I'm going to feel so sad here like yeah. I can already sense it like college is already a hell of a sad time <laughs> and like, I don't want to be isolated and like Seattle I don't know being in Capitol Hill was like there, there I could I could tell there was like a both a grittiness and a vibrancy that I hella wanted to be around. Yeah. Um, and I had already known that it was a very like literary city and I was really into poetry at that time. Mm. I'd met a lot of people in the poetry community up there. Um, so I knew that I kind of had an in with, uh, with some sort of creative culture um, mm. that I wanted to be a part of. And so, and then also uh, 
graduating without debt sounded really dope. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. Yeah, you, told, you, just, you just took me to a dark, deep, dark place Sorry. about you know uh, what is it called? I, I've like uh, deferred my loan so many times. Oh my god, it's so whack. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Off that. Um, but yeah. So you know, this is the thing with Seattle. It's like I. I literally was introduced to Seattle when I was in college. Mm. Um, I I was basically I kind of called this girl my my muse, my sort Ooh, of artistic. Uh, tell me muse. more, Javon. Well, she, <laughs> so there was a girl I had dated in college. Okay. Amazing girl, and she uh, at Howard, she, right? At Howard, okay. yep. And um, and she was from Seattle, and she just kind of had this good energy, and just you know sort of opened my mind up to a lot of different things, and and she would always talk about sort of how she was as a person was was uh, because of where she grew up hmm. in Seattle. Yeah. So that just immediately intrigued me with right. the place. Okay. Then I started getting really into Macklemore's music. Huh. And I was like, hold on, wait a minute. Like, I'm like a huge fan of this dude. And like, you know, he talks a lot about his city. And it just seems like there's a huge art scene there that's going on. Um, and so I would, you know, look at other Seattle artists online. Um, uh, 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 don't tell me, oh man, why am I slipping on these guys' names? Um, Might it be Blue Scholars? Blue Scholars, yeah, 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 yeah. Blue Scholars. Yeah. Right? So I was getting into them a bit, and I was just like, yo, there's there's this new sort of like hip hop wave that's going down in yeah. the Pacific Northwest yeah. that like a lot of people aren't really talking about. Yeah. So being the hip hop nerd that I was, I just was just going on YouTube and just look at all these people, and I was like, man, I've got to get out there, and. When I got out there for the doc, I was just, like, embraced by everybody. Yeah. You know, there was just, like, so much love in the city. And, like, even when we were going to just, you know, me and my DP would go to bars at night. You know, we went to Havana and just all these places. It was like when I told people that I was from there shooting something, everybody was just like, oh, well, you know, you should, like, get some B-roll of this. Or, you know, you should. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was just this, like welcoming with open arms yeah. energy that is in the city and it, I don't know it just from being there I just really felt like oh this is I just got a way better understanding of why that type of artistry was coming from that city yeah you know what I mean for sure so yeah, yeah. just what do you what do you what do you think it is about that place well wow like the special sauce in the city thanks for running through that because it just made me think of a bunch of different things but like yeah well I mean it, it, okay First of all, I was going to say Blue Scholars, the group that you mentioned, it was like so much of the reason why I was motivated to make my own music. And like, mm -hmm. it's crazy because on the journey, like I basically like I got their album when I first moved to Seattle. Hugely important for me because they were, not only was their music like super fresh, talking about Seattle, this place that I had just moved, kind of acclimating me to the place, like, you know, mad political, mad progressive, like really amazing. And it was also, you know, the front man was this Filipino dude. And so it was really exciting for me as an Asian American person to be like, damn, like crack in. Like yeah. there are some really like amazing pioneers in this field and they were really like kind of leading the pack. And then, you know, I was really grateful that like throughout you know, the next, like, four or five years when I was in Seattle, I met them, I became friends with them, and then I ended up working for them. So I, like, I still actually do work for them. I'm their operations director now, and I just, you know, Gio was down here doing a show with Bamboo um, in Riverside, and Saba, Sobzi lives down here now working on his project, Maiden Heights, and so mm -hmm. the three of us, um, with my boyfriend, Jeff, uh, all got together for some ramen, and I just, like, there, I mean, that, and that's the thing is that I feel like 
originality is like commonplace in Seattle because there's really nothing you there's not enough like there's nothing to really copy if that means mm. that it makes any sense and I think like it you can attribute it to the musical legacy that's been there and like the creative legacy that's from there you can attribute it to the fact that it's like literally in this high pocket of the country and like you know it's it feels isolated when you're up there and, it, and that's you're you're surrounded by mountains on all sides of the city yes. and you like never forget that you know in a way that like I feel like if you're in a New York or you're in an LA there's no like real like natural reminders to you that the world is bigger than you, if that makes any sense. Or the, like, like you're just like in... You're like locked in. You're locked in, but you're like kind of... It's it's humbling in a way. Like, mm-hmm. like fundamentally humbling to be in this place and like to kind of know that it's it's less about just like where you have to go and like how big the buildings are and like what's happening. And it's, I don't know, there's just more of a connectivity that happens. Like, mm-hmm. we're just more naturally grounded and the air is hella fresh and it's just, I don't know, it's, it's a different climate, you know, like yeah. literally. And so I think that that really contributes to the creative climate there I think part of it you know especially being in LA for this past week and a half I think a lot of it is the fact that like you know if you're coming up as a musician or you're coming up as a creative like you make the industry that you are going to work within like Mm. that is yours to find because especially in hip-hop and like you know I think Macklemore and Rand Lewis are obviously an amazing testament to independence but it's like it's because nothing in Seattle you can't aspire for anything in that city that is any bigger, you know, than anything that you can dream up yourself. And it's like, and that's mm-hmm. like the beauty of it. It really is it's like, because a, there's it's like, like a no, pioneer town in that way. Yeah, you know? there's no industry in the city. So. Yeah, I mean, there's industry in, in some pockets and mm-hmm. in some ways. I'm not saying it's completely devoid of it, but like, there's no like labels for you to like network with you know what I mean it's like everybody who's a talent buyer at the venues are the homies and like they're easily you know and I think that's a lot of why Seattle is really interesting is because there is a lot of capital there there is a lot of resources there like tech is hella strong like you know they're they're they're, they're just so much more accessible and there's and then like kind of the last thing that I was thinking of when you were talking to me about it like it's just not a really competitive environment like it's just not because there's no, it's hard to, like, what game are we all playing? Like, how could it be competitive? Because there's no, like, you know, wh- where are we going towards? It's only really, like, what are you trying to do? What's your vision? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I don't know. And I, I think that's why a lot of the reason why I feel really strong, like, coming down to L.A., I think I would have been hella intimidated, like, coming from somewhere else. But I really just, like, I realize how much Seattle has, like, cultivated my artistry in a way that, like, was not you know in a way that was really nurturing like I feel very nurtured in that city yeah um and I really value that even though you know I sometimes I was just like ah oh, it's like it's too late for me I'm 26 years old I could never do it <laughs> but it's never too late no it's not but I mean just think about the way that we you know like did wings or even thrift shop it's like you know we just like <laughs> it's like you know the hustle is yours to define in that city you know what I mean it's like there there's kind of less rules yeah yeah, so so we talked about Wings Thrift Shop Uh, the last sort of uh, Macklemore piece I kind of want to talk about with you is um, is White Walls yeah and how did you you know work on that song and and yeah did you did you also work on the video as well I, I was remember, in aside, yeah, aside I from was being in, in the video. I, w- I didn't really work. I worked one day as, like, a PA okay. for, like, 12 hours. I, like, got all the all the granny talent to, like, sign uh, <laughs> release forms and then, like, went out and got pizzas. Like, I did hella, like, PA stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, White Walls came together because... By the way, this is... White Walls is my favorite song on the album. 
Thanks, Jabari. Um, white walls. <laughs> white walls happen because, again, I was I was saying I was like kind of doing some workshopping with Ben, and it was really just kind of giving him support because, like, you know, I again coming from a poetic background, um, I have experience with like leading writing circles and working with young people on their poetry and. Mm. Just like really, I'm I'm a much more lyrically driven person than anything, and like and so is Ben, which is why like I think we've always had a connection on that level. Is like Ben really approaches his his raps like a spoken word artist. Like mm -hmm. I was just actually kicking it with my homie Watsky, who um, is a really dope like MC that lives in Seattle. Yeah, now, yeah, but, yeah or, Sorry, lives in LA, but yeah. I went to high school with him, and he's a lot of the reason why you know like I do what I do also because like he kind of set the tone for me like. He was doing poetry and he was rapping and he was like, oh, it's like, you got to do this shit. But um, we were talking the other night when I was kicking out, I crashed at his house the first night I got here. And he was like, you know, a lot of the significance of Macklemore is that like he, you know, concepts driven music. And that's really like kind of a legacy from, at least for where we come from, like kind of the spoken word uh, genre and yeah. like the art form, which is like, you know, you are writing a piece that's about something like there's substance you know that you are inspired by and you're motivated by and what have you and I think that Ben kind of does that naturally like that's kind of what his like songs are about like can't hold us is maybe the only song that's like hella random but it's also you know very much like a celebration of their independence and, yeah you know thrift shop obviously like yeah <laughs> white wall so yeah. so I mean service. so that's what's what was cool about working with Ben like same love of course like you know, really strong concepts, really like, this is what this is about in ways that people can understand and, and digest and hold, like not to, not to say that it's not, it doesn't have complexity, but it, there's a directness to it that Ben isn't afraid to embrace about himself and his like artistic vision. And that's something that really resonated with me as a poet. So I would work with him and we would just get together and write. And I remember we had like, we went out to breakfast once and he was like, yeah, we should write sometime. I was like, okay, well maybe we should write now. And he was like, no, I have like, I need to go do this thing. I need to go get my ear fitted and I need to do whatever. And so I was like, okay, no worries. Like, you know, just hit me up whenever. And I looked at him and I was just like, commit though. Like you should commit mm -hmm. to writing. And he's like, word. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll see you later. And I like walked down the block and then he called me. And I was like, what's up? I thought like, I left my wallet. And he was like, I, I don't know. I just was just thinking about the fact that you just said I should commit, so maybe we should just write right now. I'm like, okay, meet me at the coffee shop. It's going down. Um, but, you know, because in his, again, like, he had so much stuff going on and so much buzz, so much happening that it is hard to commit mm -hmm. to your artistry in that way, to the basics, to, like, the fundamentals of what you do. Yeah. When you're a rapper, there's so much, like, he had just gotten back from L.A. and, like, done a tour of Complex and met with Mark Echo, and, like, you know, he was buzzing. Like, he was doing it. And then it's like, you know, but... To put in that work, that like solitary, like this is me working on my craft work, like that's yeah. the least sexy thing that you can do as a rapper. Especially when other stuff is popping, you know? Well, yeah, yeah. Like, and that's like, that's, you know, especially for rap, and like I get it. And even like within the rap, you're just like, this This is why I rap, is because I can get all this happen. Like all of this is happening, and it's such a product of my work but it's like you you know i think he knew like obviously the heist the heist got nominated for album of the year and like mm -hmm. it's no joke like there's so much content and soul and heart and thought that went into that project and it is sometimes contradictory like keeping your buzz going creating content making yourself look yeah. on point versus that like ugly not sexy hella time consuming like often frustrating work of like working on yourself and your yeah. art and your form but I mean what's really gonna shine through so anyway so I mean I don't I definitely don't accredit myself for him like doing all of that work but I, 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 I would, like working with him was, was really great I think because 
you know, with, with all of that buzz and that, that greatness, like that kind of great attention can also come doubt, like, okay, what am I going to step up and mm-hmm. have? And I know he felt that because it was scary. It was scary for, you know, and of course it was like frightening to release the highest. It was a huge investment of their business. They put absolutely everything of themselves, you know, everything that they had into that project you know, hoping that it would succeed in a way. And, and I mean, obviously, I mean... <laughs> it definitely did. It totally did. Um, but, yeah, so White Walls basically came out of a writing session because I knew he had bought his caddy. He had bought a caddy. He had spent... Him and his manager had spent all day at the used park... Or used a fucking Cadillac dealership, and they purchased this caddy, and it was super sick, and it also had... It, like, could barely drive it off the lot, so he had to yeah. take it into the <laughs> shop for, like, two weeks, and it was, like, a thing in his life. He was like, my caddy's in the shop. And I was like, man, Ben, like this car is such a metaphor for what's happening in your career right now. Mm. Like it's the balling car that you have always wanted to roll out in and you've earned it and you've worked it because he, he earned it basically like doing hella college shows and like hustling. Yeah. And there's all this shit that still needs to be fixed and that you're doing <laughs> on it on the daily. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. not just like, oh, I'm in, I'm up in the caddy now. Like yeah. peace, I'm rolling. Um, I was like, you know, I think it's, and I, I wasn't even just like, you know, write about, I was just like, I think it might be an interesting thing for you to write about. Like, think about it. Cause I know you, you are obsessed with your car. Like mm-hmm. you are obsessed and it's okay. We all have our obsessions, but yeah. you know, and he was like, I don't know. And then he just wrote like, he wrote so much. He wrote like five verses. This guy wrote hella cause he was inspired because that's something that he knows to do, you know? Yeah, and then yeah. like, and then Ryan laid down the beat and the beat was hella sick. And then they brought me into the studio and. You know, again, I was like, so do you want a guy or a girl to sing this? Like, I didn't really even know what I was doing. I had never really written for anybody else. But at the same time, I didn't want to assume I was going to be on their album. So they were like, yeah, let's figure it out. Ryan's like, I want something that's kind of like MIA. (laughs) And we're like, okay. So we like watched Bad Girls and we were like, wow, this video is amazing. (laughs) Um, And then... uh, and then we wrote, we just wrote some stuff and we wrote it in like a half an hour. And then I was about, they, Ryan was like, okay, just record it on your phone so we have the reference. And mm-hmm. Ben was like, well, we're in the studio. You might as well just hop in the booth and just record the reference there. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I don't know if everybody, the reference track isn't yeah. what goes on the album. The yeah, reference yeah, track yeah. is just so that you have it written so that somebody else can perform it, essentially. Thank you for clearing that up because sometimes I'm just like so, I know these terms. Right. And I'm just like, oh, oh other, this... people, other people might not know this. Thing. Right. <laughs> The terminology is real. So Ben was like, just hop in the booth. And I was like, okay. And then, of course, like, the three of us are not going to just, like, let something fly. So, like, 45 minutes later, I'm tracking, like, three different takes. And we're, like, going through whatever. (laughs) And I walk out of the booth. And and Ryan's like, okay, well, I think we got it. And I was like, okay. Like, I guess I'll just see what's up. Like, I don't really know what's going on. It was, oh, I meant to mention, like, writing that hook was so funny because... We were, we were literally talking about his car. I was like, okay, what do you like about your car? What is, what's, what is your car? And he was like, well, it's off black. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. it's off black. What else, what else do you like about your car? He's like, well, the sunroof rolls off. And I was like, okay, great. Roof off. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like, it's so literal. And then we were just like going back and forth. It was, it was really funny. But then I remember I, I drove out of there and my boyfriend Jeff was DJing. I like, for some reason I won't forget this. I, he was like DJing at the Seattle Art Museum, which was like a super dope gig. And I called him and I was like, I never get giddy, but I was like hella giddy that I had just recorded. I was just like, I think we just recorded something really dope. Yeah. Like really dope. But I don't ever say that and I don't know why. And Jeff was like, okay. Like I was, I was like, I don't really know. And then that's what happened. And then like three months later, 
you know, Ryan's like, oh, by the way, Schoolboy Q got on White Walls. I was like, or it wasn't, we called, we were calling it Cadillac. We, we weren't oh, even okay. calling it White Walls. Like, White Walls came out, like, towards the end when we were like, we need a better name. But yeah. we were calling it Cadillac, and he was like, you know, Q just hopped on Cadillac. I was like, okay, yeah. this dude is on this song. And then I heard the verse, and I was like, okay, yeah. this is what's happening. Back so, it's dope. Yeah. White hose in the back seat, <laughs> snorting coke. Yep. Content I would not otherwise choose to be on, but I respect everybody's artistic perspective. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about, I mean, the the, the process and the sort of career as a writer, because mm, yeah. I think this is something that a lot of people, uh, it's not really a, a lot of light is not shined on the career of a singer songwriter, sure. and more more specifically, just a, somebody who's a songwriter and who. Is, is not, you know, you hear people like Esther Dean who had been writing songs for so yeah. long and then, you know, they want to break out into a solo career. But I think that yeah. the real interesting part of, of that is is that, you know, these people are sort of like, especially when you're making hits, like you're just known and sort of famous within an industry. Sure. You know what I mean? And, and so talk a little bit about that songwriting career and sort of where you're at with it and how how... How do you sort of navigate your own solo career, but still, you know, creating songs for other people? Yeah. I mean, I'm at the dawn of it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, my experience working with, with Ben and Ryan is really, was really my first foray into doing songwriting and that wasn't just my personal shit. Mm -hmm. And then actually out of that, really, like, within that was when I started working with The Flavor Blue and started writing whole, like, songs that were, like, yeah. kind of pop or R&B or, like, you know... Um, and really coming together and what that craft was. Um, it's been crazy. This last trip to L.A. has really made me realize, and I, you know, what I do, kind of like, you know, what I felt compelled to do, which is write songs, which for me is, like, one of the hardest, like, just forms of writing. Like, if I, I think about it as a poetic form. Like, I think about it, like, like one would think of, like, a sonnet is, like, what I think about it, songwriting, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, like... Um, but that art and that craft, the fact that it is such an industry and I am really only, I have really only scratched the surface of what that even means and like what my capacity is within it. And that this past trip to LA has been so many different things and it's been, it's been really amazing and really, um, humbling and really, uh, not confusing, but I just have a lot to process in terms of whether this is like the road I want to go down. So that's like mm -hmm. what songwriting, working as a, with as producer, opposed to uh, being a, an artist. Like yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is like I I'm somebody who always wants to do both. I know you're somebody who always wants to do both. Yeah, like yeah. or or don't tell me there's something I can't do. Right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Option D, all of the above. Like yeah. I will do all of the above. Like yeah. good luck with trying to get me to not do that. Right. Yeah. So it's like I can be in the flavor blue and like be in this band and do my thing. I can have a solo career as Hollis, you know, write music that I really feel is, is lyrically driven, emotionally driven, like kind of sheds light on me and like what have you and isn't as kind of like, uh, the goal of that, that music is not going to be like to be like entertaining, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I, I want it to be like more fueled by connectivity and then it's like, you know, now I'm realizing like I came down here to LA Went to the Grammys, and then this last week I've, you know, been talking to different publishing companies who set me up with their writers and also working as a featured vocalist with different other, um, you know, like bands that I had never met before or producers that I had never met before. And the whole exercise has been really dope because I love, I love to write. I love to meet new people. I love to connect with people through music. I love to write. 
the politics, the infrastructure, the um, systems that be, like, these are things that I'm only learning about now, and they're daunting as shit. Like, mm. so interesting and also intimidating um, in terms of, like, do you sign with a publishing company? What is a publishing company? What does a publishing company do? Mm-hmm. How many different types of splits can you have on a song? And for me, writing a song is, like, I want it to have, a hum- like, an emotional connectivity. That's the reason why I sit down to write something to begin with, or I want it to be inspired. And then to think about the math and the fractions and the the politics that that go into that if i if it's something that i want to pitch if it's a what do they call placements like if you're mm-hmm. making something for placement it means like i'm writing a song and they're going to try to get uh rihanna to sing it right but then like there's the pipeline between the written song and the performed song is like so gnarly mm. and i'm only really just learning what it is and and is does that influence people's like okay i'm writing this so i can have more of a percentage of on this song or like how, how does that influence the art yeah how yeah. does that influence the art <laughs> right like yeah. that's what i'm like you know it's weird it's like you know being part of this Macklemore and Ryan Lewis like journey has given me so much opportunity, has given me so many challenges, so many things that I've had to face within myself. Mm-hmm. And like the exposure and the um, the high level that I, I now find myself in where people look at me and I'm just like, you know, I wrote a song with a homie and you're looking at me being like, you wrote a platinum song. And so yeah. the, my value has increased dramatically and I'm just, you know, it's one of those fake until you make it. And I'm just like, yeah. I don't know, like maybe you say so. But I also like, you know, I also feel confident that I am able to produce music and I'm able to do the thing. And I'm down, like I'm down for the, you know, for the experiment of writing songs like great songs to be placed with major label people i don't need to be a star you know what i mean like i don't need to be the person on the radio like it's crazy that i have been and perhaps i will be in the future but that's not what i'm like pitching for that's not what i'm hoping for am i down to write songs for other people am i down to like submit my art and like see whether that is something that can work within the system sure i can give it a try it also there's such a there's such a huge amount of learning that I still have to do that I have done and so much learning that I do have to do to make sure that I don't get like completely screwed in the process. Do you know what I mean? Or left out to dry. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's challenging. It's like a great challenge. It's an intellectual challenge. It's an emotional challenge. How much do I want my art, like my music, like to be influenced by these systems. Like, do is that something that I even want to entertain? Is that a worthwhile use of my time and, like, my talent, my resources, you know? But at the same time, being in L.A., like, every single producer that I got hooked up with in, like, what I was calling, like, blind producer dates, like, blind music dates, like, you go and you meet these people and you're like, I'm in your studio, like, yeah. I don't know you. They've been amazing. Every single person I've met is so fucking cool, so talented, really fun to work with. Why not? Like, why not embark upon that journey of, like, meeting new people? I'm, like, somebody who loves to network and, like, be connected to yeah, people yeah, and say yeah. whatever. So, like, why not try? But at the same time, it's, like, what are you getting yourself into? Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's sort of helping you navigate this whole crazy whirlwind of, of new opportunities? Man, um, I'm kind of ho- cobbling together, like, a support system, which has been, like... Um, I mean, first of all, I realize that, like, a lot of it just has to do with with me, um, and me just being, asking as many questions as possible, just mm-hmm. like inundating anybody that I know has expertise. Um, but it's really, I mean, I, that's, I do feel like I'm at a dawn of that. Like I, I'm at the place now where I, I'm so used to doing stuff myself, you know, like you are so used to doing things yourself. Like yeah. you, 
you know, you, you run the show. It's your show. Yeah. You produce the show. It's like, yeah. the show <laughs> yeah. is starring you. <laughs> yeah. And then at a certain point, it's like my show can't go on in the way that I know it. The potential, like, of where the show can go. Yeah. I can't be the person to run that because I need to be invested in being in the show itself. Absolutely. You know I, what I mean? I, uh, that, that, you hit it right on the head because it's like, now, as I'm working on my second feature film, yeah. it's like, there is now a, another producer involved. There's an executive producer involved. There's there's about to be so many more. Like we're just in development stage right, right. now on this next film. So there's going to be so many more people involved. And I'm so used to doing everything with just me, just my DP, one editor. And it's like a team of a handful of people. But it's like things can only get to so many people when you're doing it like that. Exactly. You know what I mean? And your art can only reach a certain amount of people. So I think you, you really have to open up and let other people come in exactly. to that process and help you, you know, spread the word. But at the same token, not giving up, like, your vision and your creative, you know, freedom and all of that stuff. That's the, that's always the issue of blending art and commerce. And, and you know, you come from a film background as well. So it's like, with film... It's literally, you know, one of those, one of those entities of art where you have to have. I, I heard like James Toback say this. He was like, "You have to. Film is the only art that innately it is an art and a business. Mm. You know what I mean? And I think that so many other forms and mediums of art right now are art and business. Like you know, m music. You don't necessarily have to have." Uh, a lot of money to do it, or or that many other people involved to create your own music. Like right. you can go. Right. And like, you know, you're creating music, but with film, you really can't. No. You have to have somebody invest in you to, you know, make the art. But when it comes to music, though, it's like for, for a lot of people to hear it, you know, there's, you know, you can, you can do it by yourself, yeah. But, I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to need to get other people involved to... It's, it's one of those things, too, where it's like, you know, I think when we were growing up, at least I can speak from my perspective, like you're into hip-hop, you're into being independent, you don't want to sell out. Because mm -hmm. selling out means that you're fake, that you're a fraud, that you're a sham of a human being. Like, yeah. That it's you, like the worst thing you The could worst do. thing you <laughs> could do, right? And then, you know, and I, I just remember when, like, Common was in the Gap ads, and we were like, oh, sell out. <laughs> Which perhaps was still the case. But, I mean, and then you start thinking about what does it mean to truly support yourself as an artist, and what allowances do you have to, have to take? And a lot of those do come as as compromises, mm -hmm. um, compromising. And like for me, I think what drives me is that, you know, when I think about like, okay, I'm going to be a songwriter and I'm going to write a song and I'm going to pitch it to like whoever the hot vocalist is. And I'm going to like spend days, weeks, months, like of my life vying for like that. Like it feels kind of shitty, right? Like, yeah. you know, like I, I'm going to, I'm going to spend my like energy on that. Like my personal, like Hollis, that somebody that I want to curate that, that people, you know, I felt really supported by, you know, people that I don't know at all. People that I hold really close to me that want to see me shine, that want to see me succeed. Is this taking away from my shine? Mm -hmm. Is this taking away from the possibility within myself that I felt so supported to cultivate? Because you're just trying to convince somebody else. To, that you're spending, your, yeah, yeah, totally. And that you're like, you know, that you're spending a significant amount of like, you know, my young creative life. I just, you know, of course, conjecture is whatever. But like, 
I don't know, but then at the same time, it's like economic stability is like a really powerful thing. And like, you know, and then where, you know, where is the threshold? Like, where are you to the point where you are desperate and pathetic, mm -hmm. but where are you at a place where you're being really smart and investing in something? And for me, it's like, and that's why I love being in Seattle is that like the community that raised me as a, as a young person into like an adult and into a poet and into a songwriter and into a musician community that has my back is a community that I, I'm interested in investing in, in a big way. Mm -hmm. Like my dream is to be able to really make significant investments into like space for young people to learn in and to read poetry at and to connect in and to feel like empowered within. Like I, I want to make, like I want to influence and to change and to like grow like opportunity for mm -hmm. young people who don't have those opportunities you know what I mean and it's like how how do you do those things yeah. how is it possible for me to accrue capital in a way that I can be an investor in my community mm. and I'm like at the precipice of this industry where I'm like I'm good at songwriting like I'm learning and like I really appreciate my boyfriend obviously Jeff for being like somebody who's always just kind of been in my ear being like this is what you've always wanted like this is actually happening even when I'm like this is not what I want at all like <laughs> but it's like that taking that bold leap, it's frightening. It's like, do you try to make it in this shit? Because there's hella money, dude, in yeah. the music industry. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You there's can a lot of make money. the monies. And it's like, why am I what what inspires me to go forth into into that realm? It's like murky and it's gross and it feels weird, but at the same time, it can be like really awesome and can push me as an artist inspire the things that I want to do and I want to say personally and possibly give me the opportunity to make those significant investments that I'm really interested in making in my community. You know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, it's tough. And yeah. it's also just like, you know, how much once you start learning about the politics of it, like I'm, you know, I'm a student. I like being academic. So like learning about systems is something that's interesting to me. And then it's like, should I be spending my time learning about other stuff? You know what I mean? Like how, like what do we choose to learn about? What do we choose to invest our time into? So that's like, I'm, I'm at that crossroads right now. Yeah. I think, uh, with, with a good thing to always, if you ever are feeling like, how do, am I going off track? Am right. I, am I doing something that I, that I shouldn't be doing? It's really those, you know, you, you think about why are you doing it? So it's like you said, you know, you're trying to eventually have a, community center where people and kids especially can right. sort of share their art and you know share their poetry and have an open space where you know they can be themselves right. it's like if you ever are, are or you know your art is you know whatever whatever the goal is of your art mm -hmm. you know you you can always ask the questions of is this in line with the goals right you know totally. what i mean like i always go back to that it's like here's an opportunity that has come up but is this in line with the goals that I have? And if it's not in line with the goals that I have, and I have to con continuously remind myself of those goals. Yeah, what that are I those have. goals for you, Jabari? Um, those goals for me are to challenge uh, the status quo, essentially, mm -hmm. yeah. and uh, and create art that uh, makes that essentially makes like the future generation better. You know yeah. what I mean? Better off than than, than me. Absolutely. Um, and. You know, it's, it's, it's very, like, broad and wide in a sense. But at the same time, it's like, I, f I think that everything that I do sort of has that has that uh, ethos to it. You totally. know what I mean? Like, yeah. wh whether it's these conversations, you know, it's like people can listen to this and, you know, say, oh, wow, this is this is this is what it's like to be an emerging songwriter. Sure, you know sure. what I mean? And, and that gives them a sort of hope of like, 
this is how I can sort of attack, you know, what I'm doing because I might not, I, I might have this goal, but I hadn't, hadn't been able to hear or see it right. in in another sense. But Jabari was the guy that like brought that to light for me. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that's through literally through through my my videos and through these conversations and even through the parties that I throw. It's like yeah. you know, I, Hell yeah, I, of course. You know that that's that's essentially the goal, man. And it's like, you know, even from a, from like a party level, it's like. You know, when you come to our parties, you people don't care. We don't care about the money that's in your account. We don't care about, you know, you getting bottle service and all right, that stuff. Right. It's no, you're bringing people together in a really authentic way. And authentic, I think, authenticity, yeah, yeah. authenticity. That's real. I mean, that kind of, I don't know if this is too off topic, but like it's, that reminds me a lot of like going back to White Walls, like thinking about my involvement on a song that like, you know, obviously I feel really invested in it because it was something that Ben and I worked on. But at the end of the day, it's about a Cadillac, right? And like, mm -hmm. and it's about cars and the only time I've ever driven a Cadillac in my entire life was that day that we shot the music video. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's not authentic to my experience at all. And it was interesting that, like, you know, at first I was feeling really, like, un uncertain. Like, it's crazy that, you know, you, you look at the video. I mean, it's like, it's it's doing all right at, like, however million views it has. Like, oh. 35 million views, right? So I mean, I'm not even going to trip myself out thinking about, them, like, how many people have watched yeah. my yeah for, them, yeah, for them, it's like a drop in the bucket. But for me, I don't even, like, think about how many people have, like, watched me drive in a drop top convertible god like Cadillac or whatever and I really think about like you know what it, it, it's basically just like that fear of like oh am I am I taking what am I taking part in like what am I challenging or what am I not challenging right mm -hmm. and I mean obviously with them it's a thing because I support their work I support their hustle I support their independence I support them as people more than anything and you know I got a little nervous because I was like, man, like the way that I'm being portrayed is something that like I don't feel is is particularly authentic to me. But at the same time, it's like authenticity really is just like kind of showing up and being present. And I realized that like when I would get feedback like from strangers and especially like in the Asian American community, people being like just so hype and young girls and young dudes being like so hype that like the singer on White Walls was Chinese. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just feeling like okay, like, there's a starting point. And if people are trying to, like, delve into me, if you look me up, you can find, like, some spoken word that I'm doing about, like, you know, my own, like, ethnic identity and stuff like that at, like, 19 years old. And, like, it's so far from where I am now personally, but at the same time, it's, like, a real part of who I am. And once, once people meet you, like, you know, people have a, they you have to have a hook. You have to go yeah. to the party. They have to watch the movie. They have to watch the music video. Yep. People got to find you in a way and that way has to be accessible. And then it's, like, and then that, but that's just the entry point to a journey for deeper connectivity and for people to learn more about your work and like yeah. kind of and in that way kind of the question you know and like start interrogating themselves and saying like what what's my work what's my journey absolutely absolutely it, it's i like to say mixing the medicine with the candy you know what I, mean? <laughs> like, I like that and there's a lot of uh that's real life there's the, yeah there's a lot of uh there's a lot of candy out there but a little bit of medicine so i'm just trying to like sprinkle the medicine in little little pockets, yeah. and sometimes people don't even know they're they're getting medicine. You right. know what I mean? And that's kind of that's that's to me when it's kind of like the illest is when sure. people are like, "Oh man, this shit is so entertaining, and I love this and da da da." But it's like, yeah, maybe you'll learn something too. From yeah, this, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> like so, yeah. Or you'll make a connection you wouldn't have otherwise. That's just gonna kind of like deepen your life. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I don't know, and that happens all the time. But then, but then I, that begets like the the uncertainty of, you know, okay, cool, I'm in the candy making business, but the point is for medicine. And then at a certain point, it's like, what? Yeah. How do I know anymore? <laughs> like, what's happening? Um, 
Let's talk about, uh, I want to know craziest story. That's what I need from you. The craziest experience that you have had thus far on this sort of journey that you've been on. Uh, what is the craziest experience that I've had? Um, the Grammys were so weird. <laughs> the Grammys were like so hilariously weird. I didn't even know if I was invited. It was like hearsay for a really long time. And then I like emailed them and called them like three or four times just to see what was up. You emailed the Grammys people? Oh, yeah. Never got a response back. Finally got the email address of like the director person and they bring me back. And they're like, oh, great. Now that we know where to find you, your invitation will be on its way. And I was just like, the hell, bro? Yeah. So it was like so clowning because it's like, it's the Grammys. I'm nominated for a Grammy for yeah. album of the year. Like what a prestigious <laughs> ass thing. You know what I mean? But then also just the hella like the hustle and the, the, the the scrappiness of of that experience was totally like on a next level thing like yeah. especially for me where I'm somebody who like I really like kind of doing and working and being and connecting but I'm not really good at like beauty or like styling myself or you know like getting I, I don't know it was it was weird to like it, it was one of those like going back to you know how much do you let other people do for you versus you do for yourself mm -hmm. like that was really a, an experience in realizing that like you know, I don't have the capacity of doing, like, even producing myself for the Scrammies thing. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I felt, I felt like it was, like, I was a production, you know. Mm -hmm. And, like, being, I just, it was crazy because my, my mom came. My mom was my date. My entire family was there driving. We were, like, it took us, like, 45 minutes to figure out how to get to the Grammys. And it was just, like, mad stressful. And we're, like, ticking down. I'm, like, I'm not missing Beyonce. Like, I need to be in my seat at 5 p.m. kind of thing. Me and my mom ended up walking around. We got dropped off. I left my phone in the car. We walked the perimeter of Staples Center. Like, literally, my mom has her heels off. Like, we're walking. We finally find the red carpet. Yeah. And then I'm, like, with this handler dude that's, like, trying, you know, and he was, like, do you want to do press? I'm, like, sure. And we're, like, going up to these. And I'm on the red carpet, right? I'm in my gown. I'm looking good. I'm, like, out here. I'm nominated. Yeah. We're going to each of these little, like, press outlets. And everybody's just, like, and the guy's, like, it's Hollis from White Walls. Like, on Macklemore's latest single, and then they, they'll just be like, pass. <laughs> so I just am getting like passed by like VH1, passed by like whoever the fuck. I'm like, I don't even know this channel, but yeah. they have passed upon me, you yeah. know what I mean? And like, just that that moment of feeling like, okay, here it is, I have like arrived, literally and figuratively. And who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. <laughs> and it was Yo, it was great. After Grammys, man. That was yeah, that's the Grammys, <laughs> but that was like a moment, and and it was great too because I actually ran into Ben and Ryan on the red carpet. Of course, they're hitting every single one, and they're mm -hmm. there. But we just kind of like you know me and Ben like kind of had a shake each other moment yeah. being there. Um, it, and then like going in the photo you know photo pit, and there's like seventy photographers there, and like you know. Billy Ray Cyrus went before me and there's like click 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 and then I like go and people are like click and I was like okay like where am I going like it was just such like a funny ass thing and then we're like running through Staples Center trying to get to our seats like one minute remaining we're like yeah. nah. um that's one of the moments that comes to my mind just but it was such like a perfect encapsulation of like how life really is you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, it's like yeah. wow you've made it like and the final, thank god there was like a picture of me on the red carpet like at the very beginning like <laughs> looking like I had it all under control, but the experience in my head was like mad frenzy and the whole thing was so funny. I, these are the stories that I love because it's like, this is, this is the everyday stuff that goes on in this like 
insane music industry that like right. you know the average person doesn't doesn't know you know what I mean right. the average person is like oh well you're at the Grammys oh you're doing it or you're, you know what I mean yeah. and it's like uh and then really you're just sitting in Staples Center like watching some a show that's meant for yeah. television and like yeah. I was saying this last night but like when they don't even tell you they're going to commercial break and they just air previous Grammys performances on a small ass screen above the stage and everybody really? like there's like thousands of people that are just like sitting there you know what I mean like it's never what it's it's never <laughs> yeah. ever 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 is what it seems yeah, so absolutely um but it was a really memorable moment and we did watch Beyonce walk by my mom saw Cindy Lauper and she was really excited so nice a success all the way around absolutely well this is just the beginning for you Hollis thanks you right I'm so excited to see what's coming next with Flavor Blue you as an individual thanks and just everything for you. I it's, really appreciate that. Yeah. And I, yeah. yeah, I think there is an energy and there is a momentum. And if there's something that I felt here in LA and even just Jabari and I were kicking it on a, on a rooftop in East LA last night. Oh yeah. Partying. FYI. Oh my goodness. We went to this party last <laughs> night that was deep in East LA. Shout out Colin Johnson. Oh my, yo, all night after hours giant, you know, I'm from the East coast. So right. this whole closing at 2am thing just doesn't work for me. But like this thing, this thing was rocking to like six. We left at about three. We left at about three. But, uh, but it was popping and insane. It man. was dope and it was great because it was like you came and linked up and my homies like Rafael Casal and Nico, Carrie and Niley, like really awesome rapper, hip hop poet people and producers too. They're like, you know, you yeah. we are all jack of all trades. What the, yeah, what the hell? Yeah, There's yeah. no other. <laughs> There's no trade we can't do or can't try to do. But Absolutely. we're all out there and it was just such an so nice to celebrate you know to be with people and fam and we all are feeling we're all feeling ignited i can tell yeah, like yeah. we're all feeling maybe it's how old we are and maybe it's the age or maybe it's because we know that like doing our own thing and doing it authentically and doing it independently is really possible it's within reach like we can succeed and it's it feels good to be down here and to feel that power you know yeah, yeah, it does. and with the homies like yeah i mean that's the best that's the best thing about it is like when you experience I, I was on the other podcast the other day i was talking about how you know uh it's good to have people around you that are you know again like big ideas people mm -hmm. you know what i mean people right. people that are trying to do something that's just dope and you know you just feed off that man right. when you when you surround yourself with people that are doing great things it's just like you're bound to be exactly like them exactly so with that being said, Hollis, tell them, tell them where they can find you, Yay. social networks hey, and all that. Hey, yeah, I'm at Wong Weezy, W-O-N-G-W-E-E-Z-Y. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My website's hollisWongWear.com. And holler at me. Thanks yes. for so much for having me, Jorah. Of course, really of course, it. man. Thank you so much. We'll do it again. You guys know where to find me. YouTube.com <laughs> slash Jabari. Instagram.com slash Jabari um, and Twitter.com slash Jabari. And uh, by this time, Words with Friends should be on iTunes, but you guys already know SoundCloud.com slash Jabari. Words with Friends. Stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Peace.